This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. Welcome to Flavor of Leadership, episode number 45. Super excited today, able to have Travis Hoops, my my brother, who is also the leader of a skilled nursing facility. He is actually back on the podcast today. We had him on the podcast back in episode number 31, talking about increasing and improving the culture of our team. So go back to episode 31 if you want to hear the more formal introduction of Travis and another great episode. Travis, welcome. Thank you very much. Go check out episode 31. It was fun. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. We are today. It was funny. I just I've been wanting to get Travis back on the on the show again. And we were chatting a little bit about about vulnerability as leaders and how sometimes that's one of the most difficult things to do with our teams, but also one of the most important. So I actually want to start the show out today with a quote from Simon Sinek. So Simon Sinek, he's famous for a few different TED Talks that are excellent. And one of them is called The Golden Circle. So that's also worth worth checking out. Simon Sinek's a great resource. Here is what Simon Sinek says. He said, a leader first and foremost is human. Only when we have the strength to show our vulnerability, can we truly lead. So Travis, when you hear that quote, as basically in terms of what we've been talking about, what do you think about? I would hope, you know, as, as we talk about we're human and, and I would hope that my department head managers, there's lots of things we all mess up on. I mess up on a lot of things and others mess up. And the, realistically, the thing I always say to them is like, did you learn from it? Are you going to make the mistake again? You know, that's really what I always ask. And usually they feel a lot worse than I am feeling about it because I'm like, you know what? It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. What are we going to do to fix it? That's ultimately all that matters because you really, there's really no reason to dwell on it because there's not really much you can do, you know what I'm saying, except learn from it, right? And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's really not. It is the total basis of everything is like, okay, how do we do this? And and it's the same thing as being a leader, though. You know, I kind of feel like being a leader is easier than when it was 15, 20 years ago when I started, you know, but it's because I've confronted so many different issues and so many different things. And now I kind of just know how to handle those past bad decisions I made. What's What's that phrase they say? The more you, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know that much, or the less you know. Something to that effect. I kind of murdered that quote, but something. I just know that the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know as much as I thought I did. It's all about progression. It definitely helps having some of these experiences, some of these things. I know it's helped me be more humble in my time. You, you think you understand something clearly, and then situation, something happens and it does, it humbles you at times and, and helps you realize, wow, I have, I have things to learn. And so I know often that happens with our people as well, with some of our, some of our managers, just like you said, with some of your department heads, they will be having struggles working through things and you'll go trying to help them. But often they'll look at you and say, well, of course, this is easy for you, right? You're a leader. You've done this all the time you don't mess up on these kind of things. Have you had people feel that way before? I don't know. Probably not because I messed up a lot. I think it's more what they say to me is they say, 
how come you're not freaking out in this situation? And that's what I really, that's something that I've always tried to make sure I do is like, you sit back, you don't overreact and you just got to listen to what they say and then move on. That's kind of what it's just kind of, I always say, let's roll, you know, like just roll on, keep going because it's, it, we can get stuck in so many different things and just caught up in what we did in the past and things like that. And it, our bodies and life and my, minds and everything else, we are not made to hold on to the past. And that's really, I don't want to, you know, turn into that type of conversation, I guess, but it's ultimately, we hold on to so many things. But it's all connected. It really is. Yeah. We hold on to so many things and it's like, quit holding on to it. Like move on and let's roll. That's what I always say. Like, okay, good job. You know, cause I hear lots of times people come in and they'll be saying, I just messed up so bad. They're going to kill me. You know, this is going to be so bad. And ultimately it's like, okay, what happened? And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's all it was. Okay, good. Cause I'm all, there's a lot bigger problem lurking around to somewhere else, you know? And so it's people's perception of what their biggest problem is too, you know? So there's just, there's just so many things. I think we, I think we make these things sometimes out to be so big and they don't have, they don't have to be, you know? Yeah. And in our last podcast episode, episode 44, we actually talked a little bit about the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Have you ever read that book? Yeah. Short, short little book. And one of the quotes, actually what you said, one of the quotes we shared in the last podcast, I'm actually going to share again right now. They said, what you are afraid of is never as bad as what you imagine. The fear you let build up in your mind is worse than the situation that actually exists. And I think what you said is exactly what happens. I think, I think people do. They get caught up in, oh man, what's going to happen? What are people going to think about what I did wrong and what I messed up on? And it's really hard to be vulnerable at that point, right? Because at that point, you feel like the worst case scenario is going to happen. Right. And we start being not the real person who we truly are. When we don't confront that problem, it just builds and builds and builds. You know, people lie sometimes, you know, there's different things like that. And then you have to remember, okay, who did I lie to? Who did I say this to? And your mind starts getting bombarded with so many other things. And so really to move forward, you have to confront the problem and move on, confront the problem, move on, you know, and that's really what you have to do all the time. And that's in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. So how do you help your managers deal with this? Someone who's struggling with this, how does this happen? I mean, this happens all the time, right? This is a consistent thing over and over again. So how do you meet with your people? I mean, do you meet with them consistently? Do you, what, what do you do? You know, I'm, I'm better at it. It seems like it goes in waves sometimes. And so if you were to ask my managers, I would say they probably, they're probably say I'm pretty good at it. I don't think I, I'm not perfect at it. You know, doing one-on-ones is such a big deal. And that goes for relationships, you know, spouses, family members, things of that sort. It is so important that we do these one-on-one type meetings to where we talk to them and very directly about things that are going on. You know, and, and sometimes people count meetings that, you know, I see these people all the time, you know, in passing, and they count that as their one-on-one. And what you do is you're telling that person that they're not worth scheduling a one-on-one, you know, is it, and we don't even know we do that. I do this all the time. I, I know I do. You know, and, and us as managers, we feel like we're visiting with them all the time. They, we feel like they know exactly how we feel. But the fact that we don't take that time for that one-on-one type of conversation or whatever it be, there's a lot of, there's just a lot at stake there that we don't, I don't think we always know. Yeah, you miss out on the time to reflect, the consistent time to reflect. Because I know with some of my people that I, that I see constantly, I'm talking to them all the time, 
if I don't have that consistent one-on-one meeting, I won't follow up on the metric that we had determined was most important. You know, they are supposed to come back and report back, but I won't remember that because I'm not sitting down in the same place at the same time with my same notes to make sure that that happens and that we follow up like we're supposed to. And so it just gives that inconsistency. And sometimes I've found that with the one-on-one meetings, that's the time that when I see someone struggling, that I can reach out without them freaking out. Because you know how it's just like somebody's getting, they feel like they're getting called to the principal's office when you call them in and say, hey, let's chat for a minute. I see you're struggling. And it just freaks people out sometimes. But if it's just that consistent time, you can approach it then. It makes so people aren't up on their guard, I think. That's the thing is like, it seems like we always talk to people when they're having problems. Or if you want to talk family relationships, it's the same thing. You know, we we talk to each other once there's a problem and it's been going on for a long time, as opposed to maybe just checking in and doing small minor adjustments and then the problem doesn't get out of hand. So even like with your spouse, right? Having a chance where you're sitting there, <laughs> I think we all can <laughs> have, have a little more time. I know my wife and I, Angela, who's been on the podcast before, we have had to really work hard to make sure that we have a consistent you know, date night. We keep dating each week so that we have a chance to be alone and have a chance to just talk and and check in with each other and see how things are going. And I, I think it's very similar. Like with the managers, you, you, you get to help figure out any problems before they actually become real problems. Yeah, that's way, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so essential. And, and that's where you actually, we talk about vulnerability. That's where you're, it's your opportunity to be vulnerable with them as well. You know, hey, I see you're struggling on, you know, staying within your budget. I have the same issue in these areas. This is what I use to fix it. Um, this is what I'm using to fix it. You know, it's, it's something that I'm always working on. And so once they see you as a real person and that they're not going to get in trouble if they do something wrong, that's the part of the vulnerability that is so helpful and it's gained. And that's trust. You know what I'm saying? That vulnerability, we have to have trust with the people we're being vulnerable with always, right? We need to know that they're not going to fire us if we say this or that, you know? And then there's, you know, there's many ways to lose that trust and vulnerability. And then there's many ways to gain it back too. You know, it takes a long, it always, it takes a long time to gain it back once you've lost it. The interesting thing with vulnerability and humility, like we're saying for this trust is as a leader, we always talk about how the leader is, is truly the one that leads. They're the ones that help set the tone for what's going to happen. And so when we talk about who has to take the first step, right. And being vulnerable, you can't expect your managers to be vulnerable with you and be straight up with you and humble if you're not doing the same with them. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, yes, it, you. there's no other way to do it other than leading by that example. And you have to create that environment, you know, to where if someone does mess up, you know, that, that you're not getting them in trouble or they're not, you're not yelling at them or whatever it be, because then they're going to start covering it up right i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna bring those problems to you anymore and you're not gonna know what hits you when it hits you so i had an employee in the past manager that i remember i tried to be very vulnerable with this person vulnerable with our team and i felt like i was pretty good at it overall and this manager began to be vulnerable with me and i was so appreciative right they'd come back and and say hey this is this is what i'm working on this is where i messed up these are the things I'm working on. I'm like, fantastic, let's do this. And so I'd help them work through, come up with come up with a solution for their for some of their issues they wanted some help with, help them come up with a solution and said, okay, let's act. And then the next week they'd come back. Maybe they did it all right for a week, but then the next week they'd be back again 
and they'd be struggling again. They'd be vulnerable with me and say, hey, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm at. And it became a pattern where we were, I was trying to, to hold them accountable to something and they would consistently fail. Have you encountered that? What have you done in the past when something, how does that work with vulnerability? So with that, you know, being vulnerable is great, but there also needs to be that accountability that we, uh, you know, we do need to hold people accountable and they need to perform, right? And so there's that whole other side of it to where there's sometimes that maybe they're not the right person for the job. Maybe they're not the right spot, right? We always talk about being on the right seat in the bus. That's another thing you have to do. And then also that you need to find out where their intentions and where their heart is, because sometimes the heart's just not in it. And that's the reason, you know, they're not performing. And so there's so many different reasons. And ultimately, if you're having those consistent one-on-ones and there's not improvement, you do need to make a move. If you truly care about that person, you need to make a move with them. And they might feel like you're the biggest jerk at the time or whatever it be. But ultimately, it's not helping them. I mean, we're not made here to be mediocre, right? We're here to be better and to help others improve. And if we're not improving and helping week after week, we're ultimately failing that employee by not holding them accountable. Yeah, I love it. I'll tell you, in holding someone accountable like that and having them fail over and over again, the thing that it did in this case, this was this was early in my career, but I remember that the person did finally start asking the question, am I the right person? Even before I had to, they started realizing that they might not be the right person for this role. And we did a change of seat in that case and moved some things around. And it was better for that person. They realized that that who they thought they wanted to be or needed to be as a leader wasn't it. It wasn't the right seat for them. And that was, and that was okay in the end. But having that consistency, like you mentioned with the one-on-ones, made that way more evident for them. And so someone can be in the right seat, and this is a different conversation for another day, but someone can be the right person for a little while and eventually not be that right person as well, too. You know, I think that's something I've run into is that have some of the best people ever. And then eventually, you know, different things, different dynamics at home, different dynamics in personality, you know, new change in their family environment, whatever it be, those things can help change and and change vulnerability. And the way you hold someone accountable is different. I mean, it's it's just, it's so different for every single person definitely is yeah but as a leader being able to set the stage for everyone and be the one that helps to lead by that example i think it makes all the difference yeah absolutely yeah your your team is only going to be as vulnerable as you are at the end of the day i mean it totally is and and your team will hold people accountable the same way you hold them accountable as well i sometimes do hear some of my managers they'll they'll say similar things that I say, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that I do it right or anything of that sort, but you know, that's a good thing that at least they're, they're seeing an example and hopefully it's a good one, but that's, that's part of just leading. And that's the way it is. There's going to be popular times you're popular and, you know, and then times that you're not, and we have to kind of not worry about that. We've got to just do the right thing every time that we think is the, you know, in that moment, we got to make the best decision. So as we wrap up today, what advice might you give to a a young leader that's struggling with leading people in their team with vulnerability? First off, you know, go talk to your managers, talk to your people and listen to what they have to say. Don't try to push off with facts of why they're wrong or, you know, and I had this experience to where when I first started, I was, I was doing poorly as a leader. I didn't have all the right people, you know, always, but 
I was I was a poor leader in the sense that I was I felt like almost like a victim to where I was the one sacrificing everything. My family was sacrificing. None, none of my partners know what I'm going through, you know, and and they don't know what it feels like to be in my seat. And in all actuality, they all knew exactly how it felt, and they've all been through it themselves. And they're trying to help me see it. And so, you know, I was very defensive, and I was very, I just wasn't listening. And then eventually, I had a leader, the CEO of our company, write me an email that said, "Hey, you got to pull out of this." You know, meanwhile, you are you know, you're feeling like this, you know, you're feeling like this victim. There's others that have had to make hard decisions and had to move forward. And they chose to do that. And by you not making a choice, you're hurting everyone. And so that was way helpful. And I realized, okay, I've got this, I can do this, you know, but I do have to make decisions. And I have to be vulnerable in that sense. I have to own up to what I'm doing wrong and become better. And, and I, I always think back, I'm like, what would have happened if someone didn't have that conversation with me, I would still be going through the same motions and realistically have a very poor outcome, maybe not even be with the company anymore. So that's what I would say. Be vulnerable, talk about it, and really listen. Love it. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you. Travis, thanks for being on the show once again. Thank hope, you. Hope to have you back awesome. again soon. I'll see you in 15 episodes or something again. I love it. Okay. Right on. Let's do it. Until next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflidership.com. Thanks for listening.